0: Today in the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the Gospel of John, and we are in chapter 6, and this chapter begins with Jesus feeding the 5,000. Now, other than the resurrection, this is the only miracle that is recorded in all four Gospels, and so we understand its importance and its significance, and we pick up here in verse 1. sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Galilee of Tiberius, It puts that in parentheses, probably indicating that it is the Roman name for the sea. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs that he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He's asking this rhetorically. He asks this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So Philip is giving the logical explanation of how much money it would cost to feed this many people and how impossible that the task looks picking up in verse 8 another one of his disciples andrew who simon peter's brother spoke up here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish but how far will they go among so many jesus said have the people sit down there was plenty of grass in that place and the men sat down about five thousand of them And so here it indicates specifically that there were about 5,000 men. It does not count the women and children, which means that there was a significant number of people, probably well over 10,000. It says, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. As much as they wanted. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. So here stands the 12 disciples, each one of them able to hold a basket that's entirely full of what's left over after feeding the people abundantly to where each one had his fill. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who has come to us in the world. You'll remember that Moses spoke about a prophet that would come. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain. By himself. So a couple things on that. Like I said, Moses had spoken about a prophet. And of course, we know at that time that Moses spoke and that bread fell from heaven, came down and fed the people like manna. And so they associated this miracle with what Moses did. Another thing it says here is that Jesus knew they intended to make him king by force. But Jesus knew that his time to reign had not yet come. He later tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. The next part of this chapter is entitled Jesus Walks on the Water. And we did discuss this in Matthew and in Mark, but John gives a more detailed description of this event. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water. They were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. So they had been struggling. They set out across the lake. They had rowed, it said, three or three and a half miles struggling. They're out in the middle of this lake. They see someone coming, walking on water. They are terrified. But Jesus calms them and says, it is I. He gets in the boat and immediately they were where they were headed. The next day, the crowd that stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? This section is entitled Jesus, the Bread of Life. And here Jesus explains exactly what that bread was foreshadowing. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On Him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So he declares that the only quote unquote work that we can do is to simply believe and have faith in Jesus whom he sent for us. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life. To the world. Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. So Jesus refers to Deuteronomy 8 3, and he declares, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, much like the pole in the desert with the snake. That we read about in the last chapter, what Moses did in the desert and what Jesus said, that if you look to him and you believe in him, you shall have eternal life. I will raise him up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. It's interesting that he uses the word grumble because that's what the people did in the desert. They grumbled. Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the father except the one who is from God, only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living father sent me, I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. So here he is foreshadowing the Last Supper and receiving him fully in the work that he does on the cross. Him laying down his body for us and shedding his blood for us. It goes on to many disciples desert Jesus. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So Peter understands that it may not be easy. It may not even always be easy to understand, but it will always be worth it to trust the one holy that was sent from God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. And that ends chapter 6, we will pick up next time in chapter 7.